Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today, our host is one that I've been pretty excited about. Uh, most of you know that I'm a, uh, a geek for political commentary. Uh, turn on political commentary almost all day and just kind of listen to it in the background. And uh, this guy was actually on Ben Shapiro, one of my favorite shows. And uh, I saw him. I heard what he had to talk about. And I said, oh, I got to get this guy on. And uh, luckily, he's really good about checking his DMs because uh, I think within like a couple hours of me DMing him, I actually got a reply, which is uh, shocking for me, to say the least. Mm. Um, it, it was it was really cool. But our guest today is Mr. Aaron Jin. Aaron, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, give us kind of a little rundown of, of who you are and what you do. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for having me. Uh, so I'm a tech entrepreneur, uh, fourth company. Uh, I've had kind of a public persona for about a decade, everything ranging from politics to uh, data science work, uh, uh, growth hacking. Uh, most recently, I was a little bit persona on Grata for starting the anti-lockdown movement quite famously. Um, so I worked on ending lockdowns around the countries with governors and uh, even being able to communicate with uh, President Trump about this stuff and Governor DeSantis. And uh, so, yeah, I've just had this kind of, I could say, maybe unfortunate desire to impact culture. Uh, mm -hmm. And many, in many ways, the building companies, uh, which I deeply enjoy doing, is an act of art for me. Um, and it's a kind of an expression of my philosophical frameworks about how I want the world to work. But out of that, of course, I have many passions that I write about uh, that are not related to building a tech company. Uh, and that's the reason why I have my Substack. Uh, was actually was motivated by one of my best friends uh, that, that Substack is dedicated to. Who wanted me to write about everything we talk about uh, on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, so I started my Substack, which has gone pretty viral, which is which is great and a blessing in many ways. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll continue to write about you know various eclectic interests I have regarding masculinity, love, friends, uh, Christianity, uh, leadership, and courage. Awesome. Yeah. And that's kind of the uh, the context of which I discovered you uh, as you were talking about masculinity on on Ben Shapiro. Uh, and I was like, man, this guy, you know, this guy's got to have his head on straight, I guess, because uh, you're talking about masculinity. And I said, maybe he could speak a little bit to to my guys on what masculinity is. And it's um, we're going to do some work. We're going to get to the rapid fire questions and, and your purpose. And we're going to talk about all that. But um, I, I want to try to define the word masculinity. Um, and maybe not even define it, but, uh, for me, I don't use it because it's oftentimes in, in my perspective, uh, been a buzzword and I, and I don't like that because yeah. I think it's a good word. Um, mm -hmm. but you hear masculinity, masculinity, masculinity. It's almost like the phrase mm -hmm. level up. Um, I hate the phrase level up just cause it, it, mm -hmm. it's so buzzwordy. Uh, but I, I want to avoid that with the word masculinity because I think it's important. And I think it became a buzzword because it, it hits, a it hits a certain note with people. And so what I'm mm -hmm. hoping to get from you is a little bit of definition on that uh, and to get past the buzzword state of masculinity into a little bit deeper of a, of an understanding of it. So um, I would say that's kind of the overall objective for uh, this episode, this podcast, but um, we cannot forget the rapid fire, the guests sure. demand the rapid fire questions. So um, 
you said yeah. uh you said earlier that you were a crossfitter um that you that you do crossfit uh i have mm-hmm. done crossfit in the past i'm not currently uh i don't i don't currently go to a box i had a membership uh that was just actually a mile down the road um had to direct my dollars elsewhere but uh i'm i'm a big fan of a uh a properly programmed crossfit gym uh which is key um part of that programming i believe uh if you really want to get the maximum benefit out of it uh should be heavy on the olympic lifting i think that that's uh a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. that's the best part yeah it, it, to me it's yeah. the best part uh you know yeah. my my box when we were going uh it, it was about 80 percent barbell i mean honestly and maybe a little bit less than that but um i would say like at least 70 percent barbell and that's what i like um i hate it when the rowers come out even though we did have plenty of rowers and we used them often but uh i liked i liked the barbell and the olympic lifting so uh, this is supposed to be rapid fire so what is your favorite olympic lift uh it would be the snap um because it's one it's one of those things that sort of like when you hit a golf ball like really well it all just sort of works right but when you don't hit it well you like really know right uh and there are other lifts you know like jerk or um uh anything overhead or squat where you can like really kind of mess up and like not feel really solid in your form but with the snatch it's one of those things that has very uh fast depreciation curve in terms of bad form and you can struggle really really hard at a certain level of weight all because of bad form and and that's why you see these moments where people like you know oh i can't get this weight gains and then it happens and almost one thing is because of form uh, because you can see this in terms of like snatch deadlift uh, and how people can lift a lot more on snatch deadlift, uh, but then they fail essentially from uh, going from the pocket to overhead. Uh, so for me, my struggle is from the, the ground to the knee, uh, where uh, the bar will escape too much for me when I'm uh, too, when the bar is too heavy. Uh, but then when you hit it, it's just, it's like easy. It just like sort of lands, right? And, and that's what I like snatch so much is like, it, it's one of those things that's a very clear end goal and an outcome versus like a jerk. You can push through a lot of crap to kind of make it work to go overhead with a snatch. You really can't do that. Like you have to really like land your form. I think you do. It's sort of like, ah, oh, right. It's like this sort of like peaceful feeling. Right. And then you stand up and you're done. Right. Uh, and so the struggle of it is, is, is what uh, I think of trying to find that form is what makes it uh, much more enjoyable. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I really like the snatch, and I'm I've got a a real struggle in my form because I can't uh, I can hardly even get to parallel on a squat. Uh, I've got mm. some knee issues where my kneecaps like to dislocate uh, mm. often, so um, I can hardly get past parallel, and so I can't really do um, an actual. I especially can't do a squat snatch, but I I have trouble even getting low enough uh, to get a proper snatch, uh, and so I definitely uh, relate to to the whole form uh form keeps you lower on weight than, than other things like i can clean uh, I, I think i could probably clean and jerk and it's no, it's nothing impressive i'm a beginning lifter but uh i think i can get up to about 135 because i can't get low enough but i can clean and jerk it and it's fine i'm stuck at like a, a 120 uh snatch like max and even then i haven't mm-hmm. done snatch in a while uh and it's it is strictly just because i can't you know drop my ass to the ground and actually get under the bar uh, but I like snatch because to me, it's the most easy, uh, I, I went to engineering school. I've always been interested in machines and whatnot. Uh, and the mm-hmm. human body really is just a really complex machine. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's just a really complex machine. And I think the snatch, it's easier for me to, 
uh, draw that mental picture of the machine and how the machine's supposed to work with certain, you know, serv- certain pivot points and, and uh, what do they call them? Like reactions. Uh, you have certain reactions in engineering. Uh, it's easier for me to picture that. And I can actually see almost exactly how the form is supposed to work in like machine point, you know, where they do the stick figures, uh, yeah, where they yeah. draw the stick figures with all the points and where it's supposed to bend. Uh, I like the snatch because it's the easiest for me to visualize, but uh, no, you're exactly right that it's it's 100% form and it's it's crazy to see uh, what with perfect form, what kind of weights people can put up. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I've, I've been crossing it for 14 years and it's one of my favorite hobbies. So I get all, all have energy out there. Yep. Awesome, man. Uh, so I think that's uh, we're running a little bit limited on time. So that's all the rapid fire questions we were going to do. It wasn't very rapid, yeah. but that's how it sure. goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, let's go ahead and uh, get into it. What is your purpose? Uh, to give glory to the only king of uh, that is worthy to be praised, which is Jesus Christ. OK, um, that's a really short, concise answer, and I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a big yeah. impact. It got a big impact. Uh, yeah. I say this a lot of times. I'm kind of a baby, not really a baby Christian. They call them baby Christians. I don't really like that, but um, I, I'm relatively new to what I call adult Christianity. Uh, and so it was kind of like the ultimate, not really slap in the face, but um, I started this whole podcast in in search of everybody's individual purpose. And then people hit me with that purpose. And I'm like, well, it's it's just that easy. <laughs> you know, like uh, that yeah. covers everything. Like once you really get into it, it, it covers everything. So um, let's get a little granular on that purpose because I love it. I really do. It's, uh, I just got done with mere Christianity by CS Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming Great, you've read that. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and, well, yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of your, your former question around regarding, um, what actually is, uh, masculinity. So, you know, I don't have a, I don't necessarily have a problem using a particular word, um, because I find that most of language control is some, a willing desire to influence people subconsciously uh, right. and sort of unveil truth. Uh, and and the most often thing is when people say letter word, especially when they're quoting somebody, which is like bizarre, because you're like, well, you're quoting somebody, so you're actually not saying the word, but then they don't say it as if it's like going to do something. It's like, oh my God, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's like a bizarre uh, sort of framework, uh, I think, that our culture is sort of obsessed with as if it's protecting somebody when it's actually just veiling the truth. So, you know, so my, my view of masculinity is that um, it's mostly based on like principles and the, and the summary of those principles is uh, is wrapped up into that into that word. Uh, and so like faux masculinity, which is what I wrote about in Jesus uh, wasn't nice, uh, is, is a very common expression. And these are like alpha or sigma male that you sort of see. And, and instead of like basing their view of their manhood on God, they base it on sort of secular abstractions of what it means to be strong and brave and all those things, right? The, the commonality between all men, regardless of faith, regardless of political background, is the same. Like, there's a natural programming, both uh, evolutionary speaking and God speaking, to protect, to serve, to provide, uh, to go out on an adventure. These are all natural instincts of all men, right? So the so that's why you see these, like, expressions of masculinity I find deeply unhealthy, um, because it's not like those particular things, let's say in Sigma male, Andrew Tate, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's not like those particular particular things are necessarily bad, right? Um, because everything that God made under the sun is good. There's nothing that's made that is bad. Uh, it's how it's oriented and how it, where it goes, right? You could say maybe emphasis is probably the healthiest way to represent that. Uh, so I think good masculinity is based on what God says about men, 
Uh, and it includes aspects of Alpha Sigma-isms, right? Or things within Jordan Peterson or things within Joe Rogan, right? But the orientation of those things like strength, standing up for yourself, uh, being assertive, uh, you know, in, in Dr. Glover's book, The No More Nice Guy, uh, you know, a lot of the books about sex and like how uh, unhealthy on, on basically you don't have very good masculinity, like settle for bad sex, like all those different abstractions which are true of not being masculine uh, are independently true. But the basis of the healing to become masculine to me is basing your authority of a man uh, and what God says about what it means to be a man. Uh, and so as in the sense of like horizontal relationships, which is how masculinity is described today, can only be healthy and can only be fully actualized if it has a vertical relationship with God uh, that is based in the strength of what who Jesus Christ is and was and what he did on this earth. Uh, and, and that's the, I think, failure of a lot of, you know, it's a conservative man who will maybe not be religious, but follow like christian sort of things uh, or Christian nice guys, uh, which I find in a, in a current term. Uh, uh, they 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 sort of rebuild their view of masculinity not on actually what God says. You know, like Paul would be ashamed with them, Peter would be ashamed of them, right? Go look at what Paul and Peter did, and you could tell me are those Christian nice guys? Like, of course not. Like, like they like they're in fact they interact with like one of my favorite moments in Acts. It's at the end of Acts. Uh, uh, Timothy and and uh, Paul together with Mark. Uh, Mark was the author of Mark. Uh, and Paul goes after him. It's like it's like three sentences. It's it's not very long. But Paul basically says that guy Mark again, who wrote a gospel, right, <laughs> abandoned us, and he betrayed us, and he's he basically says like he he's a little wimp, right? And I don't want to do ministry with him anymore. And and they have an argument, and then they 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 both agree that they just go their separate ways and pursue ministry separately, right? Like like imagine that, right? That like we have the author of a gospel interacting with the author of most of the new testament uh in terms of number of books at least uh calling out each other about like how they didn't one guy didn't stand up for the faith right or of course we had the classic example paul calling out peter uh for becoming uh for drifting into being a, a judaizer right drifting into viewing the law as a means of salvation or there's some extra law you have to do when you go Jew to christianity right and uh or you know even the cops example of jesus jesus called a canaanite woman a dog right? Jesus called Pharisees vipers, right? Uh, there's, there, there, there's this posture in modern Christianese, which is, which is, I think, the source of a lot of really actual poor masculinity, because it's a lie, right? What's presented in Christianity, in Christian terms, or modern Christianity, Dick Eva, view of masculinity is abhorrent and, and terrible. Uh, and so you get these reactions to it, like Sigma alpha male stuff, like Joe Rogan stuff or Jordan Peter stuff. Because men internally from that programming from God and genetic programming are like, what I'm getting from Big Eva is wrong. And it doesn't work. And it, it, it does not give me the life I'm called to live. And it makes everybody in my life unhappy, right? So then they abstract themselves into and they move into people who are not Christian and do not have a holistic view of God and creation. And those would be the Jordan Petersons of the world, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like Jordan Peterson... Those things he says, it's, you know, I think mostly pretty good, right? But it's, it's just regurgitating the Bible at many levels, right? But he should be, like, the, those men should be drawn to pastors that, that that are discipling men and developing men in those ways uh, that they can stand for themselves and take responsibility uh, and be okay with people not liking them and uh, and being assertive and getting what you want in life, right? Uh, but, but there's, yeah, there's this weird kind of 
fake humility thing around men and Christendom that is just really terrible and uh, and in many ways immoral uh, because instead of actually pursuing what God calls them to do, they manipulate and they lie and they hide what they want and they try to make all those people happy and they appease people. They don't appease God. And it creates all these problems in society rather than just standing firm, saying what you want and being okay with it. Right. And some people accept it. Some people won't. So who cares? Right. It, it's bizarre. Like it, it, you know, and I didn't grow up in the church. Like I was, I was, my, my family is unchurched. Like I did, I was, I'm the only Christian in my entire family. And so I don't have any like kind of the weird church camp stuff, baggage. <laughs> I don't have any of the, you know, really poor theology and youth group and, and high school ministry. Right. I don't have any of that baggage. Right. I became Christian super, super late in high school. And most of my Christian experience was, was in college uh, where I attended two different seminaries and, uh, and I, you know, had a very different spiritual formation than many, than many, uh, Christians today who are, but they still fall into faith and they were raised in the Christian household. I just see this pattern of men who are raised in a Christian household, which I'm sure their parents are immensely lovely people and we're trying to be obedient, uh, disciples of Christ. I, that they just raised children that were like, you know, under this umbrella of like, like, like a code word for this is like servant leader, right? Uh, one is that in the context of every marriage scripture, which obviously mostly comes from Paul, like that's like not there, right? It's like this abstraction of leadership that is like, yeah, you're, you're supposed to be a servant. Totally true. Servant to the Christ, right? But this whole idea of like like serving and, serve, and marriage vows, things like that, that actually never appears in Ephesians. Like that, that that's not what Paul says, right? He says the wife's supposed to serve you, right? But it never says reciprocal because you're supposed to serve God, right? And and like that's like this this weird sort of egalitarian mixing to try to like make people happy and all this stuff, right? And and it just but, but things like it's just a lie, right? It doesn't work. It makes people deeply unhappy. It causes divorces. And what my my position is like, let's just be real. Let's just be honest. Let's just be frank with each other, right? This is what it is. This is what it's not. You don't have to accept it. I'm not asking you to, right? But I'm gonna tell you what's true. And because I'm not going to lie to you anymore. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to joke. And it goes both ways. Men that fundamentally fail at becoming masculine by using alpha sigma male overexpressions or nice guyisms or people pleasingism, so which is not masculinity at all. The real masculinity is based on the, the authority that you get from God and your identity that rests only in Christ and what Christ says about you. And, and that is the source of which you can express yourself in, in devoted in, in ways to your wife to other people, to your friends, uh, to your church, it has to be based on Jesus and who Jesus actually is, not Andrew Tate or some big Eva pastor or some modern, like, you know, milk toast book you read about manhood written by some random 30 year old pastor who is super cool and wears <laughs> cool clothes and therefore he thinks he knows more than like William Wilberforce or, you know, uh, uh, Augustine or anything like that, right? Like they're, they're, you root yourself in church history and the church and who Jesus actually was. And then all the other stuff will just kind of work itself out. Yeah. So there's kind of a lot in there. Um, there's different ways that I could take that. Um, I know fair to say very little uh, about Christianity in the Bible, as far as to be able to speak on it uh, in the terms that you are, as far as like what's actually in there, what it actually yeah. says. Um, and I'm willing to learn, but I, something that I am stuck on that uh, we have been stuck on 
for a couple weeks. I say a couple weeks in, in a in a couple different episodes. Um, yeah, is this dichot uh, is this dichotomy between uh, keeping your eyes on the Lord and then um, for me, how do I how do I put this? For me, it's always been difficult uh, to continuously relate um, masculinity and the, the everyday tactical things that that go in with being a good man directly mm-hmm. back to keeping eyes on Christ um, yeah. every second of every day. And we kind of broke this down uh, in one of my podcasts where both he and I are both pretty young Christians, I guess. Uh, I think it was with Max Mankin. It was called The Smile That Testifies. To where we had kind of kind of come up with this uh, this I, I don't want to say dichotomy because and you can tell I'm struggling a little bit for words but no yeah go ahead no that's fine basically we we kind of came up with this framework of um, your intentions and uh, the way that you live your life and how you identify yourself as a man kind of like what you're talking about uh, does need to be rooted in 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 Christ um, mm-hmm. but also. On the other hand of that, it's okay, and it is it is good to use um, this. I call them tactical. These other more tactical approaches to the way that you live your life. Uh, let's say, what am I talking about? Jocko, for example. Um, I think as long as you have a good orientation on Christ, as long as you know um, what in Jocko serves Christ, as long as that you are picking out of Jocko. Um, what you want to use in a way that serves Christ and that you know serves Christ, uh, that mm-hmm. is acceptable to still follow Jocko in a certain way, uh, as mm-hmm. long as you're keeping your eyes on Christ. And that extends to um, a lot of different people. And we were talking about maybe uh, comparison to others. You know, a lot of Christians say, well, you shouldn't compare yourself to others. You should compare, you should compare yourself to Christ. I'm sure you've heard this. Um, yeah, but also, but also Paul says in, uh, that uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right. Yes. And that's yes. that's almost exactly what I'm talking about is I've got a buddy named Cade Carter, who is right now one of the best Christians that I know that I'm that I'm close with. And I don't know if best Christian, he would probably cringe at that term, but um, mm-hmm. he he's a very good Christian man. And so because I don't know what Paul says, because I don't know what Mark says, what I do is I evaluate my actions uh, in reference in comparison to Cade Carter. Uh, and I say, hey, I know Cade is pursuing Christ. My goal is to pursue Christ. Cade does pretty yeah. well at this. Uh, I'm going to try to imitate Cade. And I think what I think what is happening, and and maybe I'm just re-saying what you're saying in words that make sense to me, but I think what yeah. is happening is these guys that um, have even less of a relationship with Christ and God than what I do, uh, yeah. they're, they're looking for that Savior and that ultimate goal to orient towards, and then they're doing yeah. this comparison thing, and then they are finding... Um, the Andrew Tates or the Alpha Sigma male or yeah. uh, stoicism yeah. is a big one right now. Am I making sense? So, so, uh, so yeah, let me just try to like divide this in kind of two different buckets. So there are, there are multiple types of like revelation, right? And so revelation is it was fundamentally, it's a fancy word for truth, but it's true. Right. right. Yeah. And, and so the best way to bucket this, I, I would say, based on what you're saying is that there is both natural revelation and specific revelation or special revelation, right? And so special revelation would be those specific things that God has so given us designed to be restored to him, right? And then there's natural revelation, which is just is. So there's no morality to it. It just exists, right? Another way of saying this is natural theology, right? And uh, in like Christian theology, right? So in fact, science was like originally under theology, right? Because theology essentially is not, I uh, like 
debate, you know, people say it's overly religious, but theology is really discovering truth. Like it's, it, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not viewed uh, back in the day. Let's say like whenever, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the origin of species was written, it was written under theology, right? That's like the, the natural sciences, right? Uh, but it was under the umbrella of that. So, um, so there, there's kind of an, a secular abstraction today about what knowledge is and what truth is. Uh, as we say, the credulity of uh, these matter, which is like, how do you know something's true or not? Uh, where people get confused because they think that like they've created these like walls in different places, and these walls don't exist because it's just true, right? The question is, is it a should or is, right? And so, should is a moral question, right? an ethics question, values question. Is just that's what it is, right? Uh, so people uh, under God, which is everybody, right? Just because you're an unbeliever doesn't mean you're not under God. Like you're, you are choosing a life that God created for you. Like you, God created you, but you're choosing to be disobedient. But His authority is still over you, right? Like there's not this like weird zone of like there's Christians over here and God's over here, and then there's the other group of people that don't have any like authority. Like God's over all people and all things and all creation, right? So their behaviors that they do as a non-believer are gifted by God to go underneath the church to serve the church, but they're choosing not to. It doesn't mean that from a natural theology perspective or a natural knowledge perspective, they don't have something to offer, right? In uh, a great a great, a great, great example of this is Jordan Peterson. I, I believe now Jordan is probably a Christian. Uh, I mean, I guess probably is not, it's a, it's a zero to one sort of question, but you know what I mean? But originally <laughs> I did not. Like he would say things about Christ and like that he doesn't believe he was real and all this stuff earlier on in his, in his writings became popular. But it doesn't mean that what he's saying is not true, right? It doesn't right. It doesn't mean that because the behaviors of a Christian should be to pursue truth, to be to pursue what is good, right? And that is fundamentally independent of people. I know that like can shock certain people. Oh, I be a pastor or whatever. Like, yeah, I submit to my pastor and all this stuff. But like, truth is not singulared out into the representation of an individual. Truth is independent of people, right? It's independent of of like if if G if Jordan Peterson, who's not a Christian, said Jesus is Lord, right? And people are like, oh, you shouldn't follow truth. Well, he just said that. Is that true or not true? Right? The the, the subjective nature of just following people, which is a logical fallacy, uh, gets people into this weird zone that you're talking about right now, right? Is because mm -hmm. the goal is what's true and good, not who says it, right? Uh, so undoubtedly, Andrew Tate says things that are true. Joe Rogan says things are true. I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. I have so many friends I listen to, like Ben. I listen to Ben. Ben's not a Christian, right? But he says true all, all the time. Truth is accessible right. to all people because that's the natural grace that God has given to every single human being. Going back to Romans 1, right? Romans 1, 118, 18 through 20 to 22. Uh, that all truth and the revelation of who he is is given in nature. Therefore, nobody can uh, say they did not know, right? Uh, so the... The natural theology of the world speaks truth, right? Uh, and so when you read science books, right, uh, it's going to be true. And the person may be an atheist, right? It doesn't matter, right? Because the Bible doesn't tell you how to lift a snatch. It doesn't tell you how to do a clean and jerk. It doesn't tell you to fix a car. It doesn't tell you even how to write a book, right? And it's the most amazing book ever written, right? So it's one book that never even needs updating, right? So it that that is because the, the orientation of the Bible is God's love story to us to bring us in reconciliation to him it has nothing to do 
with, you, uh, as you could say, the practicalities of life. And any overexpression of those practicalities is when Christians get into really big trouble, right? Like, if they don't read Harry Potter. That's witchcraft. Like, that's dumb. Like, you're literally <laughs> a dumb person, right? Like, like if you believe that that is witchcraft, you have no freaking clue about what's actually in the Bible, right? Witchcraft is like people who believe in using the material world to accomplish moral outcomes or to control the future, right? They actually believe that, right? I would say in many ways, in many political expressions of witchcraft is like climate change. Like to me, that is much more witchcraft than like Harry Potter, which is a book and a movie, right? And and, and and this is where it's so annoying about our cultural context, our cultural like pattern in society is that we abstract things in the Bible that are like true and good, that are lessons that we should apply into caricatures or thematic things and media as if that's the actual representation of, of witchcraft or idol worship or Satan, right? And, uh, and, and, and a great example is like people's understanding of idols, right? Is murder an idol? No, nobody would think murder is an idol, right? Because it's bad, it's wrong, right? Like, would they say, let's, let's be controversial. Is marriage an idol? Right. That's like, is yeah. it an idol? Right. Like, because, because that's what an idol is. Idol is something that is good that you overexpress. That's, that's literally the Hebrew, right? Like an overexpression of something that is good, something that is God has given you that you put in the place of God. Right. So another one could be patriotism. Right. I, I'm a, I mean, I'm a diehard, like conservative, I've voted Republican basically my entire life. When I was in high school, when I was kind of stupid, like uh, entire life, right? But I don't think any church should have the American flag near the pulpit, ever, really? ever, right? <laughs> yeah. So because you are not, you are a citizen of America, but the King of Jesus is supreme over any loyalty to your country, right? Does that mean I'm a bad American? Absolutely not, right? Because I actually know what patriotism is. I know what the orientation is. I know where it belongs in the hierarchy of God uh, and how he actually has designed the world. Like when, when, it, when heaven comes, so in Revelation 21, 22, right? When the cube comes, I don't understand the cube, but like whatever, John was, you know, I don't know if John was gone mushrooms or something, right? But like when, <laughs> when, when the cube comes down, it's like kind of like a long retail, like both on earth, right? It, it was so beautiful about that model, right? That John is writing is that the expression of heaven is not Eden. Right. It's not the garden. It's not, I don't know what it'd be, Agrigarian, Agrigarian society, Rome, right? Or something like that. Like some nudist colony, right. right? It's a city, right? It's a city of God, right? And that city of God has multiple languages, multiple societies, multiple governments, right? And it's just incredible, right? You think about it. It's just incredible to think about, right? That, that we start from Adam and Eve, the Adam people. Actually, Eve didn't. Uh, Eve doesn't have a name in the garden. It's woman, right? So because they're in perfect union and she and she's under Adam, right? So Adam has a name, right? And that's why there's this whole theological spectrum of ideas that if Adam would like, you know, ask Eve to repent, there would never have been a fall and all those different things, right? Because Eve doesn't is a woman. It's like she has she has no name in front of God, right? So it's just Adam. Because Adam is the source of all people. That's why Jesus called himself the new Adam, and it's also in Hebrews, and that the Great Commission uh in Matthew 28 is structured the same way, uh, like uh, from a literary perspective, as the Adamic covenant, right? So he is the new Adam. He is the perfect Adam. Obviously, Paul says it in Romans and a lot of other places, right? So the, uh, the there's a reason why, like that, that sort of that headship sort of exists, right? 
but in 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 that to 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 now, you can see now like God's redemptive work in our societies and our work and all these different various things. Uh, and you can see that orientation of what he's trying to build. Right? He's trying to build a world of myriad personalities, a beauty, like a kind of like a diamond, the way I think about it. Um, and and that this were like fundamental Christians who are generally pushing like nice guy Christianity uh, are so awful, right? They just, they, they say these things about like what it means to be a man. And it's like, they've never been to a different country. It's like, they never visited Africa and like talk to a Christian in Africa because if they, and, and I, which I have done missionary, missionary work in four different continents. Right. And, and you see Christians there and like the faith is the same, like the Nicene Creed, the exact same faith. Right. And you see their behaviors. Right. And they just have a completely different view of like what it means to be made. Right. And it was yeah. a much healthier view of being that. Right. Uh, and like the whole, like the things our culture is obsessed with, like, you know, everything from pronouns and safe places and all this stuff. Right. Like, doesn't exist in Africa because in Africa you could die in like a thousand different ways, right? So it's like this, <laughs> yeah. this, it's like this nonsense that Americans invent to create crises to feel like the world is a battle that we're, you know, we're, we're trying to fight our way through all different, you know, unsafe places and things like that. And then you go yeah. to a real world, a real representation of the world that is closer to the, to the, let's say, most of church history, right? Places that are undeveloped, third world countries. Uh, places I've been, and, I, and I, you just see that people are so much happier, so much more joyful. They don't have these like dumb debates. They just because they have life to worry about, they have surviving to worry about, they have war to worry about, and famine and poverty, right? And all this other stuff is like they don't care, right? And and but they're so content. They're they're so content and so beautiful. Uh, my last my last uh, Africa trip was to to um, Tanzania, and I went to a village, uh, and I'll, I'll let you, um, you know, I talk a lot. But it, so I went to a village, and uh, I was, it was with one of my best friends. I have uh, three best friends, and I was traveling with him. And we we're sitting in the car, and we we're talking to people who were, you know, Christian. Because you can tell in Tanzania, it's 60% Christian, 40% uh, Muslim. All their first names, if they have a Christian first name, then they're obviously Christian. So like Benjamin, you know, uh, Christian, right? Like Christopher, right? John. And... I was talking to them, and they, and they, like, you know, we're talking about their life, right? And they're perfectly content, and they're like, oh, you're Americans, like, you know, hi, like, whatever. And they told me about what they do every day, right? They walk hours for water, right? And they spend a bunch of time together, right? And and and, and it's so it was so immensely interesting, right, as we're driving around Tanzania, going to the Serengeti, seeing, because it was one of my dreams to see the the, the great migration as across the, the wildebeest across the, from uh uh kenya over into tanzania is one of my great dreams of accomplishing that and uh it's interesting it's like nobody i didn't see one person right and these people are like third world countries sort of thing right not one person was walking alone ever that's cool right right and here all the time right and yeah. and, 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 you, and you're like wow right like how much happier are these people than ours because because you know when you see Someone walking loud, especially in places where no one walks, like Texas, right? You're yeah. like, something's wrong with them. Like, what's wrong with them? Did their car break down? Like, why are they by themselves, right? But there, it's like nobody. Everyone was walking with somebody. Everyone was sitting with somebody, right? Uh, even on the beach, you're like, well, seeing people on the beach, right? Everyone's with somebody. Even when someone's working, they're working with somebody, right? Uh, yeah. And I'm like, that. that is so much closer to, like, God's design than when I, when I, when I experienced in America, where everyone has their home. Everyone goes on Sunday. They go to community group, right? Like, why do we create yeah. community groups? It's because nobody does community. 
right? So they created this <laughs> we- they created this weird thing that's like super awkward that everyone goes to and like says these fake things, right? The best fake thing I love in community group, I don't love, I hate, is let's let's hey, what are your prayer requests? And everyone says something about somebody else. They never say about themselves, right? Oh, about work, right? Or pray for this other person. It's like fake humility and it's like nonsense, right? And yeah. and you know, I, I talked to Christians and and I've been to I, I've been to the the West Bank. I've went to where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, right? Where the percentage of Christians there is like five percent now, right? It used to be yeah. half and half, and then the war and all this stuff happened. And I talked to him, a Palestinian Christian, who's one of the few. Like there used to be thirty churches there, now it's down to like he said three or five. And he said, he's like, he's like, it's amazing what theological differences occur when there's only like three churches left, right? Which is in AKA none. We both yeah. all believe in Christ. Let's just make this work, right? Not this, oh, well, you believe in this type of baptism and you believe in this type of communion and like who cares, right? Uh yeah. and and he he repeated the Nicene Creed beautifully, right? And he had no animosity to Israelis. He goes, Oh, I totally get it. I totally get this wall that's like blocking me to going into Israel. I totally get that, right? He goes, I'm not blowing up people. I'm a Christian. Like, I love Israel as I love Muslims, right? And in fact, that day, yeah. uh, the Muslims of Palestine were protesting uh, because uh, Israel made their official language uh, in uh, the Hebrew and in, in English, I believe. Um, and so they protested. So they shut all the business down. They're all staying in their house. And they, he made a joke being like, well, I'm Christian, so I'm still working. And look, there's no traffic, right? And so, so like that, <laughs> that like that like heart of Christianity is like that's that is what it's real, right? The, the bravery, yeah. the courage, principle, the identity based in Christ, uh, not this thing that is that is confusing men or whatever in, in in an effort to try to like create false peace and false agreement on suffering. Yeah, no, I, I think I understand a lot of what you said there. Um, it, again, it's it's pretty hard for me to know. Uh, as, as a baby Christian, I guess I'll use the term, even though I don't like the term, um, as, as a baby Christian, uh, it's hard for me to fully comprehend a lot of what you're saying there. Uh, but I do, I do get it. Um, I I get it. And I've seen a lot of the different things that, that you're talking about. And particularly for me, uh, one of my action items is going to be to, uh, do a little bit more studying with uh, maybe even you some of the, some of your uh, writings and and with other people uh, as well on the actual masculinity of of Christ and kind of what you're talking about. Um, last thing, not I, well, I don't know what time do we need to go. You tell me. Uh, probably in like fifteen. Fifteen minutes. Okay. Um, got a little bit of breathing room. Um, but uh, yeah. That is that is one thing that uh did you watch What Is a Woman? I'm sure you probably did. Um, yeah, I mean I have yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so and, yes. Mm-hmm. That when they went over to Africa, uh that was just that was the funniest part. Like I, I just yeah. I loved that so much. Uh when you've got Matt Walsh's goofy ass sitting there in Africa, you know, talking to talking to Africa. It was just so funny. Um yeah. but it was also like a good representation. Like, yeah, they believe in none of this. They are so worried about uh just plain survival. Um, Mm -hmm. and this guy named Michael Easter, I don't even know if he's a Christian. I kind of doubt it, uh, after reading one of his books, but, uh, he wrote the comfort crisis, uh, which, which Mm -hmm. is a perfect testament to kind of what you've said is that, you know, what they're saying can be true, uh, despite, you know, their relationship with God. Um, again, I I don't really have the tools to exactly unpack that and offer my thoughts on it quite yet. Uh, but 
it, it's just one of those representations where he was like, look, um, these people over here are so happy because they're so uncomfortable, you know, um, they don't have all these, uh, these, these comforts that we have in America, um, that allow us to create other reasons to be unhappy. A lot of like what you're talking about. Uh, and, and I do see that a lot kind of in the church, like what you're saying. And again, as a, as a baby Christian, that was one of my biggest things, uh, kind of coming out of Christianity is I did have the youth group experiences and the summer camp experiences, like what you were talking about. Uh, and then I just kind of left it, um, left it for a little bit more of what I called reality, which I mean, we both read C.S. Lewis. We know that that's not real. Uh, but, you know, what I call reality of like um, getting into the real world and and having a little bit less to do um, with the, the fake niceties that you've been talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I'm slowly kind of trying to find my way back because, uh, of, again, the same principle is that, you know, you can have all of these truths outside, but without the without the connection, it just means a whole lot less um, mm-hmm. what, you know. Jordan Peterson. And that's, that's kind of why I I feel like, I don't know if you've seen some of his Bible series and stuff like that. Um, I always thought he was a very strong Christian. He just spoke in, in non-Christian terms quite a bit. Like he wasn't, um, his works always stood a little bit independent, but I always thought he was a Christian and I may be very wrong. On that. I, I, I think, um, I think minimally I would grant you that he's, he's an unorthodox Christian. So I'll give you that. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, well, and, and some of his Bible series, I've, I've wanted to go look, cause you know, he sat down with Dennis Prager. Did you see that? They had the big round tables uh-huh. yeah, um, they did. where yeah. they work through the Bible. Uh, and so I, I've wanted to go watch that, but, um, yeah. And, and again, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't really have the, when it gets too biblical, I don't really have the tools to continue on the conversation. Like I typically would, um, just cause I don't know a lot about it, but, um, where do we go from here? So I saw a ring on your, on your hand, but it was on the wrong finger. Are you married? Oh, no, this is a ring. It's actually my okay. best friend's ring. All, all of us have have one of these. So. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but um, uh, it's just a, it keeps track of your like uh, temperature and, and heartbeat. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. I, I just didn't know. It. Yeah, I saw it, and it looked like a wedding ring, but it, it was not. So, uh, what are what are kind of the plans for your future? And and uh, I know you've got the tech companies, and I know you like building companies. But as far as uh, Aaron Jen's masculinity, um, what are, what are what's what's in the works give me like a year a five-year 10-year timeline as far as aaron jen and his masculinity you plan to start a family what what do you plan to do yeah um, so in the next yeah one to five to ten years yeah so you know i uh if you're not francis Schaefer at all i would highly recommend his book mm-hmm. especially if you're a new christian so he there are a few people in this world that i guess we passed on francis Schaefer. okay thank you so so he by far there's like you know top five people in my life that had theologians or or he would call himself a um, evangelical. I uh, have impact on my life. Uh, number one is Francis Schaefer. Uh, number two is actually Nancy Piercy. She teaches at the seminary. She's freaking amazing. She has a new book on masculinity. It's incredible. She also has a great book on sexuality. She has a great book on worldview. She's literally a powerhouse and probably one of the most brilliant theologians we have alive today. And who discipled her? Francis Schaeffer, right? Francis Schaeffer started this thing called Lepre, which means shelter in French in the, French, in the Swiss French Alps. Uh, that basically was kind of a hippie commune. It's kind of a lad in the 70s and 80s where like men and women came and they just lived there for free with his wife and he discipled them. And he made like almost every single major Christian theologian alive today or preacher knows Francis Schaeffer, like either, either read his books or was directly discipled by him and his wife, uh, and he changed the world and uh, of Christendom. Like he literally just, 
through his own work and through his writings. He has a great book called The God Who Is There. He has a great book on spirituality. He has a great book on art, like uh, the Bible and art, which is incredible. It's a it, He was really a renaissance man of the last 50 years. And his posture towards uh, culture and society, don't think I disagree with that. He's like, he really didn't like Catholics. I don't feel the same way at all about Catholics. <laughs> that was the only thing I didn't like. It's like he kept hitting on Catholics, right? So, so uh, he's he's very reformed. I, like I'm, I'm pretty reformed too, but he's very reformed. Um, I, I see the Catholic Church as like mostly an expression of God's charity uh, to the world. You cannot have Western civilization without Catholicism. It's complete. I, I'm not Catholic at all. Like I don't believe in the theology around the Church. I don't believe in the theology around Mary. Uh, I don't believe any of the theology around the sacraments. Uh, like I'm very sort of Lutheran, Calvinist. I'm not on any of those, but like the original uh, ideas of the Reformation, uh, you know, Jan Haas, like I'm very much that orientation. But you cannot escape that 50% of all hospitals in the world were built by Catholics, right? Funded, right. associated with like Catholics run the largest hospital system in the world, right? And yes, their theology around a couple areas is bizarre and like not true. But to say they're not Christian, no. Right. Because I look at because what does Jesus say? Right. Jesus says, look at the fruit. Right. They may have weird. Like, I mean, I had lots of weird beliefs about Christian about Christ when I first became a Christian. Like I, I didn't believe the Bible was inerrant. I didn't believe in inspiration. But luckily, God said, nope, push that out of your life. Right. And 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 and, and the reality is, is that um, Christ is bigger than our wrong beliefs about him because he's active and he's working in your life, regardless of, you know, or you don't know. Right. And so that's what I say about like men right now. Is that like if they if they want to become more masculine, uh, uh, stronger, more courageous, stand for yourself, all those things, move your identity to Christ. Hear what He actually says about you. Hear how He actually behaves, and you'll find a kind man that was direct, right? So that's the orientation of what it means to be a good masculine. You're kind, not nice. Kind, kind. The 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 Latin root of kind is, and let's actually use Greek. The Greek word of kind, right? is also in scripture the word for goodness and for righteousness the word nice is a latin word that came around the 14th century that means ignorant right oh, so very funny let's not do that let's be kind right so kindness in scripture in the greek right uh is rooted in foundational ideas around morality around uh like the future right is in like how we pursue god and 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 through uh, seeing people as they are, nice is, has meant it, interestingly has meant hundreds of different things over the course of centuries, right? Most of them were bad things, right? So it was a kind of an insult for many for many centuries, right? So that is my belief about what it means to be a good man is to be kind, truthful, right? And it's really that easy. And the only way to be either of those is to base your identity in Jesus, and He will give you the Spirit that can give you the power to to live into the, both of those things. Yes, sir. Awesome. So, uh, what's what's next? What's next? Do you plan on starting a family? Or are you? Uh, is, oh, is that a yeah. thing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, oh yeah. So, Libri, I plan on building a commune, and multiple of my friends want to live in it. So, like, that's basically the idea. So that's what he did. That's what French Schaefer did. That's what I'm going to do. If God wants to give me a family, that's great, and I will be obedient to that. Until then, the mission is always the same. Matthew 28: Go forth, great disciples, telling them uh, about what I've done. All right, and he will be with me through the end of ages. That's it. That's what you do. Sweet. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, you've given me uh, a lot to think about. And those are the podcasts that I enjoy the most when I leave with uh, with more questions than answers. And so 
Uh, I really do appreciate you sitting down and talk with me uh, and kind of giving me a little bit more, uh, more of a reason to, uh, to not shy away from the word uh, masculinity. And I know you talked about, you know, the Orwellian speech control, which is, which is very funny. Maybe I got played by the Orwellians once again mm-hmm. uh, on the word, on the word uh, masculinity, but no, uh, I, I really did want to kind of help define that word. And, and especially in Christian terms, as I am uh, relatively new to it, uh, the adult form anyway. Uh, and so, man, I appreciate it. Do you have any, any last things for me? Any questions for me? Uh, anything before we go? Uh, no, no. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you everybody for, uh, tuning in to this episode of the purpose podcast. Uh, this is going to go on the Sunday series, the regular purpose. Uh, we also have the one flesh series every single Wednesday where we talk about, uh, marriage, how to find a girlfriend, how to make your wife uh, and how to build a marriage worth having. Uh, that's every Wednesday, every Sunday, we have the purpose podcast, uh, follow me on Instagram. Oh, and that's what I need to do. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the underscore purpose podcast. We've got a new series, uh, called ruck and reel where I ruck. And every day that I ruck, I come up with a reel of something to talk about. And I drastically miscalculated because I ruck every day, which means I have to come up with something every single day. Uh, and it's painful. So come watch me suffer and uh, make a reel every single day about something. Uh, Aaron, go ahead and share your, uh, your show, your socials and stuff like that. Sorry. I, I should do it at the beginning of every podcast and I forget. Um, uh, yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter, a G I N T N N T. Uh, and then you can find me on Substack, agent.substack. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to, uh, end it right now. Thanks everybody for tuning in.